Hey, I'm Jeffrey Reed, uh, one of the directors of the LifeWay Kids team here in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome to our LifeWay Kids podcast. We love being able to talk to experts in the area of kids ministry, both those on our team and those around the country. Uh, In 2014, we had some amazing guests at our kids ministry conference, and we wanted to share their wisdom with you in the hopes that it might help you better reach kids and families for Christ. So here's an excerpt from one of our video casts done on the floor of the conference center in 2014. Hi, I'm Jeffrey Reed. I'm here in Nashville, the LifeWay Kids Ministry Conference. Uh, we've got folks from all over the country, and uh, we've got somebody here that has a special place in ministry. Uh, Denise Briley is at one of the largest churches in the country, Houston's First Baptist. And um, I just want to say, well, one, thank you for serving in children's ministry, but thank you, thank you for serving in the area of special needs. Because uh, in my history and being in children's ministry, and even before that as a worship pastor, I saw it as a... a probably one of the greatest needs in the community that was the most ignored by churches. Not the church. The body of Christ serves where it will, but when it serves through the church, churches tend to kind of not give as much uh, as much um, importance to it as you do. So, um, I just wanted you to, to speak about it, and I have one specific question, because I'm preaching to the choir, and my wife has her master's in special ed, and so we have a special place in our heart. But how do you take that passion and impart it to someone else? How do you instill the passion you have uh, to meet the, meet special needs kids and their families? How do you instill that in uh, others in the church? Because kid, min- kid ministry people are already the crazy people, but, but people that, that understand the need to minister to special needs kids and families are crazy, crazy because they're like so passionate about it. So how do you take that and impart that to others? I just own that crazy, crazy. I am crazy, crazy. I love being on our uh, children's ministry staff as a special needs coordinator. And so um, what I get to do is just model for our church and our volunteers what it should look like. I loved what you said yesterday about, you know, it's about Jesus transforming the heart not behavior modification. And so I was just a mom who had a special needs child many years ago, and churches would not welcome us. And so God used that. Um, Now, you know, our son would have been 30 years old. He's in heaven now. But I cannot tell you enough how God used that to bring people into our life, not that tried to modify his behavior or mine as a crazy mama, but who showed us the love of Jesus. Yes, just loved on Jesus. And so that's what I do. I show our volunteers, the youngest being fourth grade, the oldest being in their 60s, and they come in every Sunday and we just love those kids. We, we hug those mamas, we hug those daddies, we send those siblings out. The kids are easy for us to take care of. It's us getting those families plugged into the regular, typical body of our church so that they can then know Jesus and our kids. We're sharing the good news with them and everybody comes back together at the end of the morning or the end of the evening loving Jesus more. And God, He takes care of the rest. He really does. I think most Kidman leaders have had this happen to them where a a wide-eyed parent walks up and and you can tell sometimes it's a special needs kid and they walk up and then they they leave like the you can tell they're like I, I just need a few minutes by myself and they don't give you directions and you're like they're le- like left at your doorstep That's right. um, 
How does that change when they see you love on their kids and then love on them and they feel what what do you, describe that because I know that's a that's a turning point for a lot of parents that like God loves me and He's loving me through this church. I think I, I tell the moms. I mean, this happened Sunday. Uh, mom comes in and she's scared to death. The greeter brings her up and says, "Here's Miss Denise. Here's her team." And I'm like, "Let's take her to her class and then you and I will talk." I'll hug that mom and I'm just like, "Breathe." We got this. And mom comes back. She's like, do I need to come back every five minutes? So no, you come back at the end of the service. You fill out this form. We need to know a little bit about your daughter. But we've got this so that she can then go be recharged. She came back with tears in her eyes. And by us being there to kind of filter uh, what goes on with the little girl, then our overwhelmed and overworked children's ministry staff is able to do what they're called to do and we're just able to piggyback on that and come alongside them and take care of those kids that need as my boss says those kids that learn a little bit differently yeah and you just lifted some weight off of the yes. parents okay now th- there are uh, most of the folks watching this are not out of church of 20,000 people and so um what would you say to, to a Kidman leader? They, they may be at a small church of 50 or, or, or even a church of 1,000 sometimes has a hard time managing. So how would, how would you advise them to manage uh, that Sunday when a family shows up? Because, um, you know, there's also a plethora of special needs from learning disabilities to behavior to the physical needs. How would you advise them to address that, um, regardless of their church size, if they were a small or medium church, how would they address that? We have a, a, we started small, five kids at Houston's First, huge church. And uh, the greatest thing that we have to offer is buddies, teenage buddies that come alongside a lot of those. So you do a one-on-one? Yes, those students are usually already working. Are they mainstreamed into the other groups or do they go to their own classroom? Both. (laughs) whatever that child needs a lot of them are mainstreamed into the regular Sunday school uh, into kids worship we take just about all of our kids to kids worship with a buddy so they're in there in the general population but there are some kids who cannot they're runners and we don't need them on interstate you know I-10 on Sunday morning and so you use you use a lot of high school kids like my I have my oldest is uh, in high school now and I didn't think I would see this in him. He uh, goes and serves at something called Path Project on Tuesday afternoons in a community here. And there's a special needs kid, and he's gravitated towards this kid and has learned to just kind of love on this kid and lead, uh, love him into the kingdom is my son's hope. So you finding teenagers yes. also are a, a yes. great asset. We could not do our ministry without those teenagers, without those young kids, those preteen kids. They can run faster. They can pick up balls. They can get Kool-Aid. They can do whatever they need to do, and they're excited about it. And then they're going back to their student ministry excited and bringing kids along to serve. So that has, that's crucial. It's crucial. Um, talk about um, that Kidman leader that's like, man, I just... And a lot of churches take this position. We, it's just we don't have time right now, or we, we'd love to in the future. We just can't address this right now, and they kind of put it off. How would you encourage them to not put it off but to, to address it now? And what God might do through that, what would you say to that church? I think so many people think they have to start a ministry for these kids with special needs. They don't. Uh, start where they are. They may have one child that has Down syndrome and maybe needs just a little bit of extra help to go into their kids' worship or Sunday school or Wednesday, whatever. Start with that child and 
uh, meet the needs of that child, somebody's going to step up that says, I'll work with them. And don't overwhelm yourself. Don't promise too much. You know, under promise and over deliver. That's what, that's what we do. So don't commit to being there every service. Uh, some of our buddies uh, are on standby. They're, the parents will text them if they're going to be there on Sunday nights. And so they communicate that together. It's, it's not as difficult. Uh, we're not going to do what the schools do. We do not do IEP goals, and we don't set spiritual goals and all those things. We, When a parent comes on our campus, they know where to come now. We just... Because you're ministering to the family absolutely, probably more than to the child. And so what you said is profound. I think that I would love to close with that idea that uh, if you're a church and you're wrestling with this, um, that you said something, you don't have to start a special needs ministry. You don't start a first grade ministry or you don't start a boys ministry. You have a children's ministry and it can become a strong component of your children's ministry. And it's sometimes as simple as getting somebody that's going to commit to being that child's buddy. And then if another child comes along, that child's buddy. So, and I think that's kind of the way God works. He, he creates ministries within our churches when we make ourselves available. So I just want to thank you for making yourself available and be used, being used by God. And I thank you for yours today. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening. This is Jeffrey Reed with the LifeWay Kids team here in Nashville, hoping that God will use you in ways bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of Jesus Christ. Take care.